Howdy, y'all. Welcome back to the Red Ass Podcast. I want to say this is going to be episode 12. I think we've... I don't know, I've kind of lost count. Oh, place. I have no idea. <laughs> Man, guys, it's so good to be back. Once again, this is Rob White, uh, fighting Texas Aggie class of uh, 14. Hey, you had to think there. It has been a while. Yeah, this is well. Plus, we just don't yeah, interact with human beings anymore. Um, this is Roy May, fighting Texas Aggie class 2015. And uh, we're back, uh, and everybody's back. We're back, y'all are back. Um, so we'll, we'll, I'm going to let Rob be nice to y'all because then I'm going to be not so nice to y'all. Yeah, no, guys, it's really good to see all of you back here on campus for the most part. I know it's been a long, long spring break. Yeah. I mean, we're, we're at the point where we have uh, really – it was about time to get out of the parents' houses, you know, start sick and tired of doing their little summer jobs. So now you're back here doing your regular fall jobs, you know? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and, and regular class, except for there's nothing regular about it at all. No, nothing at all. But, yeah, sorry about the short hiatus, guys. My uh, my computer was having was a bit on the fritz. It was a 2014 Dell, and uh, long story short, it finally died on me. So I uh, got myself a nice MacBook Pro. This is our first time running through it, and I'm... So far, pretty impressed with it. I like uh, it a lot. You're such a nerd. <laughs> um, well, part, part of my hiatus, I uh, actually took the family down. We got a rental down on Jamaica Beach. Yeah. Um, it was, man, it was a great week just to get away and you know, do some fishing. And um, my daughter got her first surfing lessons, which she thought was the coolest thing on the planet. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, yeah, I had a great time. Uh, my my uh, mom and dad actually came down from spring and got the rental next to us. And uh, so, like, for my dad's 76th birthday, I was out fishing with him. So that was, you know, it's just kind of one of those moments, you know, you, you never know how many more you have. So it's, you know, you cherish them a little bit more. But that's enough of being sappy. Um, <laughs> so welcome back. And hopefully, as has become Aggie tradition, all of you have told all the incoming Aggies. Uh, you have your own lane coming on to Texas. For the love of so, God, yeah, that's just, pr- just turn. Just, well, the, here's the deal. Traffic laws are not different here. Mm-mm. They're not, I promise. So just just stick with what you know and, and just be aware. Unless you're um, one of these Houston people, for the love of God, don't do what you do in Houston. Now look, if we did, <laughs> well, look, if we drove here like we drive in Houston, it'd be like NASCAR and everybody would get where we're going faster. Yeah. I mean, we already got the wrecks. We may as well get there faster. <laughs> but true. all right, so everybody's back, right? Yeah. Um, and I know everybody's thrilled to be back, even if they're back in an apartment and only going to online classes. I know they're thrilled. Um, and I don't know who had the, the, the pool going, but uh, I think it took about, what, about 36 hours before uh, things started getting tightened up again. Man, I'll tell you what, uh, just seeing what we saw with the primarily the sororities, I know the fraternities, everybody was getting in on it, but, I mean, the fact that you already had, what is it, two houses that got shut down pretty damn quick. Yeah, they, they got the door shut on them quick. Well, and here's the deal, and it's not, this isn't, uh, I'm not going to sit here and, and pick on sororities fraternities because no. all you have to do is look at the videos that are popping up around town, and the first thing college kids want to do when they get back together is have parties, and I totally get I that. I don't blame them. Um, but uh, it was nice that the the mayor narked out the sororities. It was literally our college station mayor. But um, oh boy! But I think we're all trying. All, we're all figuring it out. Like you just look, man. Play the game. I know you don't want to wear them, but wear them. Um, don't you just follow the rules? And because what's going to end up happening? It's already happened. Like today, Ring Day got canceled. I mean, I guess I didn't see that. Yeah, I saw it on Twitter. Well, I'm assuming it did because I saw three or four people on Twitter that were um, less than. Uh, pleased sure so 
just man think about your fellow students think about all the people here in town that have lived here and just like every other college you know kids are coming from you know all over the country and you know so in some parts you know all over the world really mm-hmm. um and we knew there were going to be cases we knew there were going to be issues and you know on the flip side i know y'all want to come to college and get the college experience but it's just things are going to have to be different and it sucks it totally sucks i get it i don't like it either but we all kind of got to help each other out here um you know if whether you like it or not or agree with it or not if it's a rule it's a rule exactly and i mean we're at the point where we all just need to understand that regardless of your individual feelings on the whole issue i know you know there are plenty of opinions going around about why everything's going on but the fact of the matter is we are in the situation that we are in because we didn't bother to follow the rules when things were going on especially right when things were starting to reopen uh when people were going out they were not wearing masks and that just put us right back in the same spot so yeah i mean whether or not you guys go see your friends i mean i get it definitely go do that and whether or not you believe this whole thing's a big fat whatever you want to call it uh just go ahead and comply wear a mask so that way we can all move on and live our lives like we want to yeah, I mean, capacity of Kyle's already been reduced, but do you yeah. want to get to the point where there's no shot of even being in Kyle? Uh-huh. You know, do you, do you want to get to the get to the point where there's absolutely no chance of there being a graduation ceremony of some kind of sort? So just, you know, it, look out for everybody else out there. And, and like you said, if, if you think the rules are dumb, you think the mandates are dumb, that doesn't really matter because they're rules and they're mandates. And exactly. Your feelings don't, <clears throat> don't get to really uh, come into play when it's the rule. But I don't want to talk about this crap too much. <laughs> Um, but it does kind of lead into our next topic, and we're going to talk about the Big Ten garbage. Yeah, and it has been garbage. And and I kind of want to talk about the COVID side of this. Um, but before we do, I would just like to backtrack and remind everyone that though it's not the hottest take in the world, the Big Ten's garbage. I've said it before, and now we get news that the Big Ten presidents voted. And the athletic director has never even got to sit down in the meeting and have a say. See, that's just absolutely ridiculous to me. I mean, I think regardless of what was going to take place, I mean, you're talking about literally millions and millions of dollars of revenue potentially lost just from people not being able to go to the games and travel. And not to mention scholarships that kids could potentially be missing out on. I mean, there's a whole slew of things that are going on there. There are so many levels to this. And, like... And we get that the capacity will be diminished, and we get that, you know, these towns are, it's not like they're going to see this massive uptick on game days. And so, look, the economy's going to suffer either way. But for those of you who don't know, but I would assume everyone that listens to this podcast, all seven of you out there, yeah. know <laughs> that um, the athletic department runs on a separate budget from academics. So please, for the love of God, stop tweeting about, you know, your classroom being in disheveled manner. But. They have, you know, this facility for this team. You realize those money, those dollars don't 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 mix. If you want to raise money, then you need to personally reach out to the graduates from your college, and be like, look, you need to funnel your money towards this and this instead of that. Yeah, I mean, it's absolutely ridiculous. And I know there's a lot of folks, and you know, we'll go ahead and call them out for what they are. It's a lot of what we'll call new army folks, folks that are currently in school. And you know, I get it. You you're not in the best of facilities, maybe in your particular classroom. 
But it's clear that some colleges are putting more into it than others. I mean, you can see with the engineering block, everything that they've done over there, it's incredible. That's the other catch. You know, maybe you need to look directly at your department heads first. You know, maybe it's it's not – Hey, how come football gets to play? And we're thinking about this. And women's basketball has a salon room in theirs, but yet, you know, there's a leak in the tiles. And man, do you realize that basketball has nothing to do with the flooding and blocker? Not a single thing. If you didn't, then there's your PSA. But it's it's legit. Like, if these are issues, you need to bring them up, and not just like put it out on blast on Twitter and try and be cute and tag like, oh, we got money for this, but not for that. That that's two different bank accounts, man. Like. So you need to address those issues. And look, man, you're in college. It's time where we all become like super responsible, or y'all become super responsible adults. I'm just an adult, and I still haven't become super responsible. But telling me, but, <laughs> hey, hey, hey. But, but this is the time to learn that you need to, you know, you need to address these issues at the very base level. The very base level, if you're having issues in your classroom or in a building, is your department heads. It's it's the dean of your college. They need to be made fully aware of that. Because I'm going to tell you right now, athletic department doesn't give a shit that blocker floods. Not, they do not, not care. Thing. They don't care that you're going to get lost in the chemistry building for two hours. That's not their problem. No, they do not care. They will never care. We're just at a point where we really just need to get over that aspect, throw it away. And once again, as you said, stop being cute on Twitter. Stop being cute on Aggie. Be productive. Uh, uh, Aggie memes for red-ass teens. Stop it. Well, and, you know, and here's an interesting thing. You know, the... Yeah, the cancel culture, right? It's, it's there. Um, I think it's actually starting to turn the corner where people are realizing that maybe that's not the brightest idea to start something like that. Um, it's that whole don't, you know, watch, you know, watch where you're casting stones kind of things. But, um, yeah, it's you, you have to learn to be productive with these things. It, and so it's gone from the cancel culture because people are, you know, now that doxing, actually there are rules about doing it and the other, you can actually get in trouble for it. It's kind of morphed into this gotcha culture. Right. And that's what it is. They're, they're trying to get cute, but cute and pointed, but it's in this super passive aggressive way. Like just be an adult, tag the Dean, tag the president of the university who currently I'm guessing has a lot of time on his hands. Cause I'm not sure what else he's doing. Right. I mean, if I feel like people are always wanting to talk, you know, talk with him about various issues and it just seems that no matter what they are, they tend to fall on the wayside, you know, whether it's, you know, the whole Sullivan Ross thing, whether it's anything else going on, it's just there's too much going on at this school for him to be sitting back and a bit of quiet. an empty, a bit of an empty chair and right. and we're, you know, we're obviously spoiled cuz we're coming off of, of Dr. Lofton. God, love that guy. Who was legitimately the most proactive interactive president that I've ever seen at a university and for those of y'all that really don't understand how this breaks down for administration the chancellor really runs things and the board runs things the president of a major university while their input in certain arenas is very important they are the face of the university correct so them being out and about and talking and engaging is important not sending emails you know and, and yeah, just ducking behind uh, electronic communication. Yeah, it's. I mean, I. I don't think you go 48 hours without seeing Lofton on campus. No, and see, Lofton was one of the guys. I mean, he truly gave a crap about the students, and you saw it anywhere we went. I mean, if somebody it was students had, first, it was students first. If he's out and about, and somebody wants to talk to him, shoot, he'll sit down and chat with you for however long you wanted to talk. He didn't care. I mean, for the love of God, the guy learned how to dougie with the basketball right. team, man. That was awesome. Yeah, well, and then on top of that, it, you know, 
the dude got his physics degree in three years because right. that's how much money he had to get a degree. Because back then you just paid by the semester. Right. He could afford six semesters, so he got his bachelor's in physics and then went to Rice for his master's. So the guy's obviously intelligent. If you've ever read The 100-Year Decision, um, you understand that he's not just kind of a physics nerd. Um, you know, he's wildly intelligent across a really broad spectrum. But then on top of that, he's a, he's a phenomenal people person. Oh, no doubt. I and, mean, and he's genuine. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he had no reason to add me back on LinkedIn, but he did. He had no reason to you know, interact with me on social media ever, but he does. I mean, he's a good guy and somebody I really enjoy and was well, thrilled to be my president. And, and he doesn't pull punches, and he's I think he's very genuine. I think yeah. it's one thing he's um, – when it comes to important decisions, he can be very uh, – uh, you know, he knows what he wants to do and what he wants to say. Um, very pointed. He's very measured as well. But um, he's compassionate, man. And, you know, it's one of those things, that, you know, him being an Aggie, I'm sure helps. You know, he wants to help out fellow Aggie students. But yeah, so, digressing a little bit here. But yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> Turn it to the, the Dr. Lofton. Meanwhile, back in the Rust Belt. Yeah. Uh, man, Big Ten. Okay, yeah. So we were talking about the presidents and the ADs and everything. Sure. And what's funny is we're starting to see recruits waiver. We're seeing decommits. Yeah. And uh, and you don't you haven't heard anything uh, out of the Pac-12, but I think honestly the Pac-12 is a legitimate Power Five conference. But man, west of the Rockies, nobody cares about it. No. So like there might be things happening out there for decommits and stuff like that. Nobody cares. Nobody cares. And I think what makes it even worse, especially out there, it just feels like they've always just kind of like rode, rode whatever coattails they need to ride. So you know you see the Big Ten out here. Just, you know, forging the way, expecting everybody to fall in line. Hey, guys, let's just go ahead and cancel it. And it's just yeah. like, no. The small towns, especially college towns, are looking at the situation going, this is not a viable option. Yeah, the Big Ten is like the hiker that gets to the second base camp, and they're like, bro, I totally scaled Everest. And they're right. like, no, not yet. You keep but, climbing, you know, pictures man. and everything. So Big Ten wanted to leave from the front. Pac-12 is just kind of very submissive, I think. Right. Um, they weren't proactive in the realignment. No. Um, they weren't, but they haven't been proactive in this whole kind of re- project. We'll call it Project Restart for college football. Sure. Um, and the Big Ten went out on a limb, and the Pac-12 felt, um, yeah, the Pac-12 had to hitch their wagon to somebody, honestly, because mm-hmm. they're they're geographically separated from the country. The Big Ten, relative to conferences, it's a big time conference. Sure. And boy, the Big Ten just missed the target. And so you have all this crap with the Big Ten, and then all you know. And now we have the three conferences that are set to play. You know whether that comes to fruition, we don't know. But we are certainly doing everything to have a season. Right, and I do think that the schools have done a really good job, especially I know A and M out here, you know, trying to create a bubble for the players. Uh, they're out here making sure that you know they're keep they're keeping students, you know, student athletes online. Oh yeah, the, all, Which, literally at A and M, all but one student athlete is 100 percent online. Exactly, and I think it, it was because it, like they didn't have a choice for that one class. Right, and I think that was definitely the best move. Uh, just because if we do want to have this, we don't want any kind of exposure for them whatsoever, because they can play without us, whether we like it or not. Absolutely, I mean you've seen that in, in sports. Period. I mean, I mean we're seeing that right now. I mean the NBA. I mean let's just go ahead and um, you know give props. 
to the NBA for how they've handled this whole situation. The, the NBA and the NHL bubbles have been phenomenal. And absolutely incredible how they've handled it. And yeah. you know, while the virtual fan thing for me is goofy, and I'm not as big of a fan of it, I, you know, it is. I will say honestly for basketball, and I don't know how much it works really well. Right. I was watching the game earlier, and like the big, huge screens with yeah. like the people tuned in, like that. That's not too bad. I think it's better than the cardboard well, cutouts. Well, well, that and the pace of play has improved. I mean, they play a lot better. There's a lot better turnaround they're not as tired well and one thing i noticed i I don't think depending on which side you're on it's either a pro or a con but i tell you what the officials are really having to call based on their own merit with no emotion from the crowd right and 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 the thing is i I feel like you're starting to see a lot i would i would call them better calls because we are seeing that they're making very unbiased calls and if they do screw it up it's a quick it's quick rectification. There's not a lot of blatantly missed calls. Yeah, so I I mean I tune tune into maybe the last three minutes of the Rockets game today. Um and uh and despite them literally setting a record for three point attempts, which Jesus. by the way doesn't yeah, you have to knock them down. But um but <laughs> exactly. sweet he's sweet on the record, bro. Um but you're like now, I'm a Rockets fan, so I've seen Harden take it to the hoop right. a million times, and probably out of that, he gets 995,000 foul calls. Sure. And and there were some times where you see it because uh, you don't notice that you really have the emotion of the fans kind of in the background. Mm-hmm. You know, it's straight up. It's either a foul or it's not. And, and he – I mean, they didn't call him for flopping, but he didn't get the call. Um, so, so you're seeing a little bit more rigidity there. I don't think I, – I don't think the NHL – has as much of a home ice advantage on refs because really. it's because it's such a fast-paced game and they're so locked into what they have to be. I mean, if if you're getting into hockey, uh, because you know NBC Sports is in, and we'll get in the NBC Sports takeover in sure. a little bit. I want to talk about that. But uh, if you're getting into hockey kind of for the first time, or you've you've been a casual fan, but now you can really you know binge hockey basically. Mm-hmm. You know, you really notice the pace of the game at the professional level is just frightening it's 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 so amazing and they they make calls and you're watching the game i mean you're you're fully locked down the game right they make a call you're like what the hell they show the replay and you realize that this dude caught that call Mm -hmm. um so i don't think it has uh, you know i don't think it has much of an effect honestly in in nhl as it does i think nhl refs are really more accurate uh, across the board i don't think they're biased they're biased towards um you know the stars but that's that's kind of – well, not the Dallas Stars, but, like, like the, star the, the superstars. Right. Like, you know, Ovechkin might get a call and Sid Crosby might get a call. But at the same time, uh, I, I just – I think NHL refs are better. Yeah. I think it's, I think for quality and accuracy of calls, I think NHL might be at the top of the list. Right, and they've been – and honestly, they've been one of the top officials for years. I'm like, you very rarely hear anybody complain about NHL refs. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, umpires all day long. And, you know, for the love of God, oh, I'm not wow. sure if you saw Go a to couple Rob's of these calls. Go to Rob's Twitter. Holy mother of pearl. And I'm against, like, bringing in robots to call balls and strikes. But. And now, well, I, excuse me, I was against. God. I, I've, that was egregious, man. I'm, I'm, and the thing is, it happened twice. Twice in two days. And it's not like it was, like, nibbling at the corners. You're talking about. This was middle of the freaking box. Just right down the pipe. You cannot miss that call. And well, the, no, it would appear you can. God, and see, what the, <laughs> like the worst of it for me, and this has always been true of us, I think, you know, if we are at the stage of the game now where we are allowed to scrutinize umpires because of a missed call at first base, a missed tag call at second, or a call at the plate, we should absolutely hold them accountable for a shitty strike zone. It would be an interesting... Uh, thing to look at what's that um 
I was just sitting here thinking about baseball. Uh, you know, every three innings, the umps rotate. They're the same crew. They work the same series. And so if we're talking about – now, I understand that that's difficult for the pitcher because one umpire has a strike zone right, exactly. that the other one doesn't. But but that's something that you have to think about proposing if, it, if like, if the complaint is, man, he's there all day calling balls and strikes. Well, I mean, that's what you're getting paid to do. But if it's that big of a toll, if you – look – and that's another that's another problem though. If different umpires have different strike zones, then what's the rule? Right, exactly. You have to have that set zone. And I think, honestly, a lot of it comes down. I mean, a lot of it's ego because you have a lot of umpires that have been around this game for literally West. ever. West. Yeah, you know, Joe West, freaking Angel Hernandez. Like when we can go no, down the list, Angel the, the fact the fact that we can name umpires by name tells you all you need to know about. It, uh, about these guys in the MLB, I shouldn't have to know your name because you should just be doing your job. Yeah, you know, like that's. that's the way All right, it comes yeah, down we're not going to go on a baseball tangent either. Anyway, All right. so, big, big Ten. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, Big Ten. So talk about bubbles. So, and we were talking about the ill effects of the Big Ten not playing, and and we started to see with the recruits. And here's the catch: like, not only are you seeing that with recruits, and some there's some wavering here and there. And, and right before we hopped on, I, I hopped on Texas and saw. Um, uh, one of the recruits, uh, he plays baseball too, right. and apparently Ohio State's losing ground with him. And right. I don't think that's just because of baseball. It's yeah. probably because they're not playing football. Very strong chance. But um, they're not going to play twice in, the, in in one calendar year. It's not going to happen. No. So, uh, but you see that, and then you realize, man, you have two of the Power Five conferences that are out of it. Is there another entire conference that called it in there, at least one? Like the Mac? Mountain West. Is it Mountain West. Yeah, okay. Mount, Mountain West so, is out for sure. Mac is out for sure. So you're at, what, 40, 50 programs all of a sudden, right? Well, see, yeah, you got the entirety of the Big 12, SEC, ACC. Sunbelt is in for sure. Uh, I think Conference USA is wanting to hold on. They have a, so, so it might be maybe right. split down the middle. And there's, what, 126 Division One teams? Yeah, yeah one, 125, know. somewhere around there. there. You're talking about half the teams playing. So now all of a sudden, you know, piling on top of the Big Ten's decision to not be visible is the fact that, man, these these tier three rights, networks are going to be scrambling for them because, man, that's better than no football. Absolutely. And so I think you're going to see, and I would love to see a ratings report at the end of the year relative to, you know, previous years. The should be incre- very interesting. Well, yeah, the increased visibility of the SEC, the ACC, and the Big 12. Right. And, and the fact that, honestly, the ACC came out with their own network last year all of a sudden plays real big into that. For them. So now all, th- all three have a, have a conference network. With the exception of the Big 12. Yeah, no, they got one. Well, yeah, well that network runs the conference. It's true. I mean, it doesn't win anything, but it runs the conference. Well, well all of a sudden, Fox, because, you know, Fox always splits time between Big 10, Pac 12, and SEC, uh, and the Big 12. So, you know, right. it's, it's going to be primary focus on the big 12. yeah fox is basically going to steal all the big 12 yeah, rights yeah they're about to be the big we have our network. own network right. abc and espn are still locked in on the on the sec uh-huh. and the acc right so i but i think you're going to see maybe some uh you know if there's a little bit of we just i mean we don't have the channels to kind of pull it off kind of thing right i think you might see a network here or there that never has really delved into college football so much like make that jump Sure. Um, like NBC, NBC which you or, know during college, you know during the fall, I call it NDC. It's Notre Dame Channel. Well, let's say I mean them. I mean TNT does basketball. They could yeah. potentially stand yeah, up. Yeah. So so TNT, TBS, just like they have the March right. Madness. Um, 
if NBC wants to expand, you know, just like when you think about the Olympics coverage, you have, sure. you know, they, they run it on NBC Sports. They can run it on the regular NBC. They can run it on CNBC, MSNBC. I mean, you can, they can overload their networks with it. No doubt. If they got the camera crews. So you have a decrease in visibility, a decrease in just showing the testicular fortitude to at least wait in, on a decision and try and play football for the Big Ten. Right. And you combine that with the swing on the other end of the increased visibility, the fact that we're willing to at least give it a shot. Because, again, I mean, what is it today? August 20, 23rd, 24th? I don't know, something like that. Um, 24th. For all right, so it's, August, so it's August 24th, and we're not saying that we're necessarily going to have a season. Sure. But, man, if we do, we'll be ready. Mm-hmm. We're planning on having a season, and I think, and I think recruits see that. Um, well, I know recruits see it. They know that they're going to a conference that, you know, when something bad happens, they may just tuck tail and run again because they, now they've shown that they, they'll, yeah, they'll do it. Exactly. I mean, that was that was a – honestly, I mean, for a conference that a lot of people already already thought was kind of on the downtrend, I mean, every, I mean, one of the running jokes was right from the get-go, oh, the Big, Big Ten opting out. It's like, well, it wasn't like they were going to compete in the playoff anyway. You know, that's a joke, but it's also pretty true outside of Ohio State. Who's there? Yeah, you know, and the thing is, you you see these some of these bigger Harbaugh players. watching Ohio State every year, right? Exactly. You, what a, you, guy's a dick. You look at you look at a lot of the programs, and especially some of these exact these football. I mean, let's. I mean, to say football focused programs, because let's face it, football always drives the ship. But football focused programs such as Ohio State, Nebraska. Uh, you know, I'll say Penn State, and Michigan, Michigan. I mean, in Wisconsin, maybe to a little less extent. I, I think. Well, I think Wisconsin, absolutely. And they're fair. Um, you know, they're football driven, and with, uh, you know what? I mean, Michigan State. Michigan State for sure. Michigan State is it's phenomenal what you've just seen them do over the last decades between Saban, uh, what's his name, Denardo, or whatever his name is up there. Right. Um, you know, they're they're always kind of right there, and Michigan State's always good for one or two upsets, and uh, you know, I. Um, and, and we're going to miss out on a lot of that. Well, heck, Iowa, too. I mean, Iowa. Iowa, football and wrestling. Right, football and wrestling. Yeah. And, you know, those guys. And, I mean. And I, what's crazy is Iowa State is going to play football, in theory, you know. In theory. So, well, and if you're an Iowa fan and you hate Iowa State, and I don't know what their rivalry is and I don't care. Sure. Um, Cyhawk. The Cyhawk. Tra- yeah, there you go. You're welcome, Travis, um, if you're listening. <laughs> but, like, if you're a Hawkeyes fan – are you one of those who goes, hey, you know what? I'll watch Iowa State and I'll root for them. At least they're, you know, same state. Right. Um, not, no, I'm not like yeah. that. But, yeah. <laughs> but, but, I mean, I think, but I, I, and they're not going to do it, probably. But the idea that the Big 12, uh, there are some folks in Iowa and Nebraska that are both flirting with the idea of making the jump. I don't think they will, but I think the idea of Nebraska. And Iowa making a jump to the Big 12 would be very intriguing. Well, here's the catch. In theory, it absolutely works. Sure. Um, I mean, but because of fits. But because of contracts, it just can't. And that's really what it comes down to. It's always follow the money exactly. in college sports, right? And it's just – you know, the West they, Virginia's in the Big 12. If they did that to the Big 10, the Big 10 would literally kick them out of the conference. Oh, no doubt. Because then they're showing up their own conference too. So – but so talking about uh, going back to the NBC stuff, sure. and I don't know if uh, if you're a Premier League fan out there, you know NBC shows a ton of it. It's wonderful. Um, <laughs> you know, and NBC really has uh, over the last couple of years put a stranglehold on hockey, which I really appreciate. Right. Uh, I think they do a great job. I think the NBC NHL is phenomenal. 
Um, and they carry the Olympics every year, which I'm a, you know, I'm a massive Olympics guy. I love the Olympics. Me too. I get to watch sports I don't even understand, but as long as there's an American, I'm like, woo! Get um, Russian, baby. Let's go curling. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, I like. I actually do really. I love. In curling. fact, well, speaking of NBC Sports, has curling. They show uh, monster truck. They show you know they show all these kind of off sports. But it's kind of, kind of ESPN ate the Ocho, but for real. <laughs> it's like if the, if the Ocho had like Ocho, you know, Ocho point one, Ocho point two. Exactly. Because because when NBC really wants to flex, they do use all their affiliates with MSNBC, CNBC, all that stuff, uh, and then the original NBC network. As long as golf is, and again, right. you know, golf's another one. NBC has uh, right. a share of that pie. Golf golf is one that's that's fascinating how it does rotate around the right um, the the networks, but. Um, but it, I was thinking about this because, you know, I've, I watch hockey. You know, I watch Premier League. Um, I flipped over uh, to watch hockey the other day, and I was like 10 minutes or five minutes early. And right. I caught the end of like this pre-recorded monster truck rally. Oh, they show F, you know, they show F1, F1 right. which is massive in, in well, Europe. There's a lot of F1 fans they, in the they States. They NASCAR. Some, right? Yeah, NBC's in on NASCAR, so yeah. they're in on <laughs> what we kind of consider almost like Tier 2 sports. Right. But – it's a monopoly on it. But so yeah, they really kind of own the market on it. So then the question is: Is NBC considering taking that next step? Because like, think of the national or like the Super Bowl. So what's the Super Bowl rotate around? CBS, ABC, and Fox, right? Right. NBC doesn't have a piece of that pie at all. Right. You know, but do you start looking at NBC to maybe? I mean, look at like college football this year. Does NBC right. expand past Notre Dame? And try and pick up these tier three rights, which may even be because of lack of camera crews, tier four rights. Well, and I and I can see them picking up maybe a few more. I mean, I say ACC games because you know because they're because the affiliation with Notre Dame. I think they could pick up maybe some of the smaller conferences. The academies, the right. academies are still academies. playing on playing. You want to talk about a bubble being a service academy? Right. No kidding. Even when there's no pandemic, you're stuck in a bubble. <laughs> um, so, I, I mean, I wouldn't mind it. I, you know, I, I think more coverage the merrier. Yeah, you know, I agree. You know, I'll I'll buy more TVs and you know <laughs> split screen them and, and and man with the current level of the way streaming services work, it's a beautiful thing that you can just like flip around on all these. Yeah, things and get the one going. thing I'll say about NBC, it's bugged me. I was on NBC Sports Gold for forever, watching Premier League, and they switched over to this Peacock at right. Um, and yeah, you know, I'm just an old fart and I don't like change. Um, I just like to I like to be able to go to a sports app as opposed to a streaming app and have to track down my sports. Right, and that's fair. But Peacock apparently uh, looks like it's going to be a cheaper option for me. Well, I mean, it's free, isn't it? Well, for now. For now. Right. I, you know, you, like, uh, I mean, NBC Sports, you could watch stuff for free. But if I wanted, like, the Premier League pass, you know, I had to pay for it. Of course. Which, um, I mean, with, with West Ham, you, you kind of have to on some of those. No, games. I tell you what, the Premier League's pretty good about rotating around. Which is good. Um, but it's uh, it's one of those where if you got eight matches going on at once and you want to watch yours. But anything that was televised, um, you could watch for free on your phone if you weren't you know, around exactly. your TV. So, I, yeah, we'll see. I. I, I'm just I'm curious. I've and I I don't know why I was thinking about it. I was just watching hockey and realizing that, you know, if you're just kind of a sports fan, even if you're not a hockey fan right now, you're just going to soak up any sports you can get, right? And hockey's there, and hockey's not hard to, uh, not, hockey's not hard to fall in love with, especially if you're a football fan. No, not at all. I mean, like I said, hard hitting, oh, speed, right, accuracy, like fun. I look, I'm going to make this point, and I want you to either be pro or con, but I want to hear the debate. Okay. 
Hockey athletes are the best professional athletes all around of any sport. Well, you have to have incredible balance. Obviously, you're at the point where a lot of these guys are huge. You know, you got to be able to fly around on a, on that ice. And you well, they're all be, huge. You know, but they're huge, and you have to be spatially aware at all times because if you're not, you're going to get your clock cleaned. <laughs> and there's walls. And there's walls. <laughs> and there's walls. And like I said, you, and being able to stop on a dime and get up to speed. It I is. Mean, it's so, crazy. Yeah, and my biggest thing is hockey athletes, like you said, they're big. And then you add on 60, 80 pounds of equipment. Mm-hmm. You know, unlike NFL, they're not trying to make their pads any smaller in the NHL. No. It's just it's a painful game. Um, when they're on the ice, it's a full sprint, either forwards or backwards, which I can't skate forwards, so right. there's that. Well, and, and you're hitting the ground on essentially ice-cold astroturf because it is flat, dead, well, and, and these you guys, don't want that. You got slap shots that are coming at, what, 100 miles an hour? And these guys right. will literally lay out intentionally just to block it. Yeah. Um, and there's plenty of holes in those pads. Those guys feel that. Oh, yeah, no doubt. Um, they get to fight. They get to fight. <laughs> and they're not just smashing the puck at the goal. These guys right. are really picking their spots when they shoot. Um, you know, the deflections in air. So, I, I this is going to end up sounding like an ad for the NHL. But, man, if you like football, you should totally be watching hockey. You absolutely should be watching hockey. And, and I get, like, it's – I don't understand what was going on, but the NHL has been great about changing a lot of rules. So, it's a lot easier of a flow of game to watch. Mm-hmm. You know, the two-line pass rule was the worst thing ever. I'm glad they got rid of it. Sure. Um, it's, a, it's a high-paced game. The physicality is intense. Um, the, the precision is there too, though. So right. it's just it's a well-rounded sport. Um, and I mean, if if you like anything fast-paced, hockey's your thing. I mean, if you're just sitting around watching baseball, then maybe flipping between that and a hockey game may not right. really get you going. Well, I mean, but. well, that's just I mean, you know, you can be a student of multiple sports. I mean, that's where I'm at. You know, I'm I'm a guy that thoroughly enjoys baseball. Obviously, for anybody who's ever met me, you know, I grew up in a town that literally breathed baseball and that was about all we really were good at and baseball is a slow sport it's a slow sport and and it's easy to follow yeah it's kind of one pitch at a time one pitch at a time you know um and and that doesn't make it a bad sport by any means it's just it's an acquired taste i grew up on baseball so i've always loved that right um i like the intensity and the importance of every single pitch but i also love things like hockey where there are a million moving parts well see like hockey for me is like something when i just want to turn my brain off a little bit and just be like, hey, you know what? I'm here to watch these guys fly around, beat the shit out of this hockey See, puck, and have some fun with it. That's kind of how I am with the NBA. Like, right. if I kind of want to just watch sports but not pay that much attention, I'll turn on basketball. Um, I mean, I don't just turn on the NBA. It's, it's got to be the Rockets. I right. Just, yeah. yeah it's, like, I'm, unfor- not, I'm not going to watch the Nuggets and the, you know, and the, the Sonics. Nets. You know, yeah. like I said the Supersonics. You know, I mean, they've right. been gone forever. Right. But, you know, like, you know, whoever play, you know, just that's not my game. Yeah, I mean, but I'll put the Rockets on and sure. I'll kind of pay attention to the score. And if it's halfway through the game, I, you know, I'm kind of here and there watching it. Um, but I like NASCAR. I love curling. I legitimately love curling. I, I, I fell in love with it years and years ago. And ended up, like, learning all the rules. I'm still trying to figure out a way to get down to the curling center in Sugarland. Um, that is absolutely happening. Because, uh, <laughs> cool. tell you what, looking at the people that are, like, at the Olympics for curling, it doesn't appear that I'm outside of the age prime to be a curler. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, you know, I'm going to go give, give, give it a shot. But, um, but yeah, so, I, you know, I want to talk about that. I think it'll be interesting just to see how the TV shakes out. If, you know, if everything goes through with college football. Right. Just because the massive market that it is. Um, I'll be interested. I, re- I really will be. Yeah, yeah. Fiance, I think it's going to be very interesting to see what NBC does. Uh, I mean, obviously, you know, you always have a market with Notre Dame. I think if they do nothing, they've missed out. Right. I completely agree. Because I this, think they this had is... to expand and sell. like if they, in fact, if all they did was just add the three service academies games, yeah. 
That'd I, be that'd be plenty. I think people would tune in. Speaking of, I mean, yeah, is is Air Force playing? Are they planning on playing against the wills of the of the Mountain West? See, I don't know. That's the one thing. Yeah, the Air Force Academies. I mean, they're they're in a conference. It's not you know. No, they're not playing. And so. well, and uh, I mean, well, because Notre, well, no, excuse me, Navy. I mean, Navy's what? They're American, uh, right? American, yeah. uh, I don't know. Those conferences but, but, changing names. But, but, but the American it used to be Conference USA yeah, for a while. Yeah, no, uh, I want to say it's bounced around the bunch American, of stuff. Yeah, I think it's American conference. I think it's a, yeah, American athletic. Yeah, Army is still independent. Yes. In fact, Army is the only service academy that's independent still, now. Still, yeah. Um, used to be Air Force was the only one of the conference. Right. Um, Army was in uh, Conference USA for a while, I think, sure. or whatever it was. Um, but uh, I mean, there's just I mean, there aren't that many Division One independents, but there's just there's right. enough games, and I think I, I think that the conferences, at least I would like to think that the conferences that had the balls to say we're going to play also have the brains to say, you know what, instead of putting this on pay-per-view type parts of our network, let's get all the ad revenue by lending it out to another uh, you know, TV. Because if the SEC, like the SEC network, SEC, ABC, ESPN, blah, 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 but like you said, also has ties to the ACC. They do. If everything's filled up and you still have games, wouldn't you? I mean, honestly, you're probably going to take the ad revenue to have it on free television, right? As opposed to pay per view, because I think, just relative to what we still know about what's going on in the economy, and and also if you pay attention to sports at all, how pissed off baseball fans are, right? Um, that you would do that, you know, you do this garbage with baseball and then, you know, have out but of hey, market let's game grow still. the game, right? Ugh. Yeah, let's grow the game by not letting anybody see it. Um, I, I, I would think those are lessons that these people are also learning by looking around and right. looking at baseball fans, which are the most diehard stick to their sport. You know, you know, it's just how it used to be. It's how it's good, always going right. to be. Blah, blah. So right. it's just, you, you would think they, they very old army. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, older than army. Yes. It's, yeah. It predates Valley Forge kind of crap. Right. Um, so I just think I, I thought that was interesting, honestly. You know, just to see if NBC or, or the Peacock, you know, they go shake their tail feathers around some football games. Right. I don't and, know. And then, you know, you just think about the 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 state of the networks as My peacock. stands, right? The peacock. Okay. My peacock. No, <laughs> but you, know, you look at you know the state of the networks. Remember, hell, when I started out in college, you know, twenty ten. You know, one of the things I thought was wild was even then, you know, we had a lot of A and M games that were either a pay-per-view or you could only watch it online it was yeah. you know like i remember like the texas tech game we played at home was exclusively on 12th band productions whatever online streaming uh at that point um you know we had a pay-per-view game against hell like before the s before the sec network you know we had a pay-per-view game against uh you know sam houston and um, who is it? Uh, well, and here's the South Carolina State. You know, and so here's the games, difference: right. those games are gone, man. Right, they're gone. So these are all premium games. Right. So it'll be interesting to see if they decide, hey, these are premium. Let's go pay per view and get our money, right. or hey, let's not be dicks because there's still ad revenue to be made. The ad revenue is so massive. Right. Hey, you know, if they can work something out with the networks and say, hey, you guys physically can't carry these games. We want to carry them in a public setting. Sure. And see if see if NBC jumps on it, man, or like you said, TBS, TBS, you know, like March Madness, somebody. So I don't know. We'll see. But, um, hey, I I want to we're I want to completely shift gears. You know, I talked about this, and uh, because it's kind of important to all of us, right? Um, and you're a much more of the subject matter expert than I am. Um, but oh boy, you know, Rob's a weather guy. Yeah, you know, he's huge weather into guy. weather, and uh. And obviously, we have 
you know, pocket hurricanes coming through the Gulf. A bit, bit of a situation going on yeah, in the Gulf. Yeah, yeah, it might be a little precipitation moving in. Yeah, do no. You, do you see me? I, I mean, I don't know anything about weather, but I feel like I can do the the, the cloud thing. You know, I can do the green screen a little bit. Yeah. Max, Max, hit me up if you if you ever have to call in sick. <laughs> yeah, come um, on. Look. I can read a teleprompter and and point. Um, exactly. I can't do anything else that Max does though. So yeah, so, uh, yeah just kind of looking at that whole situation. Yeah, so yeah, give us a lowdown on. And I know even even right now it's still a touch early to kind of touch on some stuff. Sure. But I I think I saw or heard that tonight may be when one becomes you know gets finally actually categorized as a hurricane so what's going on right now is you have uh marco which is still technically a tropical storm at the moment but it's about to hit depression and, status and marco's the one in front of laura right? yes it's the one marco's that, first yes marco's the one that developed which is quicker. weird because they name him in alphabetical order right so, so laura, marco was laura developed further out Oh, it was further. Oh, right. okay. Yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Laura, Laura was basically got its categorization further out into the uh, over into the Atlantic before it rolled up into the Caribbean Sea and then into the into the Gulf. Uh, you had Marco, which really popped up in the Gulf uh, later, and currently what's going on with it? It is uh, off the coast of Louisiana, right there at the south eastern corner of Louisiana. But by the time it landfalls, it's just going to be a depression. So really, with that. We're going to get a little bit of rain, but its track currently is looking to skirt southern Louisiana, and we should start seeing a little bit of that rain uh, from that depression probably Wednesday night. And that's probably all we're going to get from that might be a little bit of rain. Um, that's not the problem. The problem is Laura. And the reason Laura is kind of an issue is because it's gaining a lot more steam. And the main issue is they're talking about maybe this effect of what Marco has done left over right and we are already starting to see it in the Gulf because the pocket of water where Marco is is all of a sudden a lot cooler and the thing is when you have cooler water it tends to avoid that because uh, you know a storm wants to grow a storm wants to get better and what's going to feed a hurricane is going to be warmer water so that they're thinking I don't know if this is entirely you know like a couple guys I've talked to are thinking that this thing may end up skirting even further west than they initially anticipated so they're thinking this thing could potentially be a category two or a three, uh, either somewhere between the Sabine River and potentially Houston. And the landfall on that, they're expecting overnight Thursday. Landfall. Landfall. When will we know kind of when it's like starts getting categorized out of tropical depression? Well, so this <clears throat> one for sure, it's going to hit hurricane status. They're saying probably early, early in the morning Wednesday like 2 o'clock in the morning Wednesday, they're anticipating that it will be maintaining that hurricane status through Wednesday going into Thursday as it begins to make its way on land. Um, so we'll just have to keep an eye on that. Uh, if you are any of our Houston viewers, uh, just continually keep an eye on it. Once again, this is potentially a Category 2 or a 3 by the time it gets going. Uh, we don't know for sure if it's going to hit Houston, but if it does, in all likelihood, you should be on the wind the windward side of it as opposed to a lot of the rain which is probably better as far as what we're used to dealing with whenever it comes to these storms in houston yeah so at this point in time i would just say uh, just be weather aware keep an eye on your apps keep an eye on those uh, updated cones because they constantly change that storm is always on the move so they're thinking it makes good further west than it's currently projected which is about the sabine river well, and, and do you link up, like, I mean, I, I follow the local guys. I'm sure you follow Max and show all those guys. But, like, Doc Sanger. Right. Doc's a good dude. Like, Doc Sanger, if, if you're not following him on Twitter, uh, 
Doc, he's a, reti- a retired colonel from the Air Force, right. and the Air Force has a meteorology a meteorology field. Right. Th- those, so he, yeah, but say if you're a weather yeah, he guy, was branched that he did that. Right, uh, he retired, but like he still gives like you know the the reports on uh, the fan show and stuff like that. Right. Um. So it's just. Uh, yeah, just just pay attention. I mean, I, you know, if you live down there, you've been through it. But it's you know, keep keep your head up, and we hope everybody down there stays safe. And of course, um, and I know I will specifically say that if something does change and it gets crazy, um, I have room here. I have inflatable mattresses. I Same have here. furniture that reclines. I've got a guest room. So um, I'll tell you right now, if you're listening and you're you end up being uh, in the line of some real serious trouble. Uh, do not hesitate to head my way. Uh, we'll, we'll put you up and figure something out. Um, so, just because I, th- I think it's just, you know, those of us, I got, you know, I'm from the Houston area and, right. you know, we went through everything and it's, there's just, there's no messing screwing around or, or, <clears throat> or trying to act like it's not going to be that big of a deal. Like it's just, you know, it is what it is. So I will say, uh, I guess, you know, it's a, you know, kind of a somber note for sure. But, you know, I do have a potentially lighter note that we can finish on because we haven't really had a chance to discuss it. Yeah, and that's the weather with Rob this evening. Uh, yeah. Moving on, a squirrel that water skis. Yeah. Now, yeah. Uh, so I will say with us kind of you know, talking about coming into football, uh, our fine uh, athletic director and everybody else decided to bless us finally with the new Texas A&M football uniform. Oh, man. This Okay. Are we gonna do this? We can. We got All time. All right. All right. Well, here's my thoughts. All right. Yeah. Well. Yeah. Initial thoughts. I love them. All right. Absolutely love them. This little like hitch in or razor cut or whatever we're talking yeah, about the, the numbers. They're, they're calling it the barbed wire. Yeah. Thing, you're, whatever. You realize like it. Like if if I'm social distancing, I'm not gonna be able to tell much Nobody's less from the tell. yeah. So yeah. I don't. Uh, I like the bigger Texas A&M on the chest. Absolutely. Uh, lo- um, I did really love the matte helmets. I love going back to the glossy. Me too. White face masks are Perfect. where it's at. Um, and the fact that they're going to be rocking like black cleats is very old schoolish. See, that was the one thing I was fighting for, and I knew we were probably going to get with Jimbo, was he brings a very – more classic it's, look. It's a classic look, and, you know, that's something that A&M absolutely has rocked. So it's got historical context. Black cleats, black gloves, and, you know, the black socks, you know, typically they'll wear white socks with it. I like the black socks. The only – the only thing I don't know, like the but the black cleats with like the white tape over the bridge too, yeah, like I'm that's cool old that. school. It's old school. It's too. old school. But the one thing, honestly, if if I could tweak it at well, it'd be two tweaks. One, right. make the A and M bigger on the helmet. Sure. Um, and two, uh, um, the, you know the throwbacks that we wore for Kentucky. Right. Yeah, you know, they looked like the old yeah, jersey. Yeah, with, with the mesh numbers. It looked. They looked like they were mesh. Right. Do that. That would have been kind of fun to I deal like, with. I like the mesh look. I think it's such a cool nod to, to – I mean, you really want to talk about being traditional and traditional looking. It's not actual mesh. Right. It's, it's not like necessary roughness where it looks like he's wearing a rectangle of jersey. Right. You know, so it's – About the only thing I didn't care for, and I mean, I've, I've been over it. I mean, the rest of the look I think is perfectly fine. I personally would have kept the Ballard stripes. I think it just made it a very, very yeah. unique look for us. Anytime I turned on the TV, I knew who was playing immediately. Yeah, and that's and that's the thing. I think we talked about it. <clears throat> Honestly, I'm going to take him or leave him. Um, taking them off and putting the numbers uh, um, yeah, the, on the, the on TV the sh- numbers. 
Yeah, I'm kind of cool with that, but at the same time, the way the jerseys are worn now with pads, like you're not going to see a lot of them. No. It's... So you either keep the Ballard stripes or you do something fun and funky up on the shoulder pads like old school. Right. I mean, and I mean, I thought what it would have done. You could have done numbers on the top of the shoulder pads. Yeah, numbers on top of the shoulder pads. I think you, if you would have done like a couple of stripes horizontally on the sleeve there, but the thing is now you're getting into Mississippi State territory again. Yeah. Yeah, you got, you got to stay unique. Um, and Which yeah. is very difficult with this Adidas contract and the fact you got two teams. Teams that are both maroon in the same damn conference. Well, then just kick Mississippi <laughs> State out. See, problem solved. Yeah, I s- saw a problem. Sit them down so to the bit. Sit them down kick, to Sun Belt. Kick them out. Bring in Memphis. We're good. Yeah, <laughs> bring in Memphis. <clears throat> hey, hey, that's, that's an Ole Miss rivalry. They're good. They're set. Right up the road. And Memphis is a fun program too. They are a fun and a great program. town. I love Memphis. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, uh, sorry it's taking so long. You know, between uh, him having some, kind of some computer issues yeah uh and then me just taking off for a week i actually did take my laptop though but then your computer died so we had to had to wait so uh, right. so it's totally it's actually completely rob's fault it's not mine at all. <laughs> so are, are we are we thinking about doing some uh bringing back some shirts maybe some stuff yeah so we're working to kind of relaunch the store uh we want to add some more options out there sure um, and we, and to be honest, we, we want some more followers before we'll, before we'll open up a shop. And I'm cool with that. So, uh, you know, share this stuff out. We're not the most entertaining, I guess, but, um, I mean, if you ever, if you ever have a topic, you can always let us know, but you know, I'll, I'll absolutely speak my mind, uh, on everything minus politics. Like, like right. I always say, you want to talk politics, and, shoot, shoot me a DM. Right. I'll, and, I'll talk and, to you, you know, at the same time, Hey, if you want to come on with us and maybe talk about some stuff, have something that you Oh yeah. We need to get in. Casey Smith on. We were working on that and yeah. then just things kind of got weird. Yeah. Let's get Casey um, so, Smith on. Yeah. We're going to bring Casey Smith on from, uh, you know, originally from Tex Ags. Now she's Barstool. Uh, SEC Network. Now she's with Barstool. Yeah. Um, Casey's a, a, a friend of mine. She's an uh, absolute sweetheart. She's kind of turned into this um, titan, you know, in the industry a little bit. Which just is because, awesome for her. Yeah, it's one of those where, uh, uh, she, you know, she's really worked her butt off. And yeah. um, I think her professional mentorship from Laura Rutledge is a big deal. And, no doubt. And, and I, I adore Laura Rutledge uh, as, as a person. I, I got to meet her. Um, and I really respect and admire her uh, as a reporter. And uh, and also, when she gets to be a talking head and she gets to talk shit to Paul, I'm a huge fan of that. <laughs> exactly. Um, but, uh, but, yeah, so we're working on some guests. But, uh, yeah, just share it out. Um, if you guys want to talk about anything A&M related, minus, uh, you know, anything political, we're down with it. Um, I mean, you got anything, brother? Man, I think we're good. I mean, just a friendly reminder, of course, to follow us on our social medias. You know, you can hit me up at Rob underscore, or you see Robert underscore White 14 on Twitter. And, of course, Roy May 15 on Twitter, as well as our own personal uh, podcast Twitter. Don't go searching for my burner. Uh, it's it's oh, new. Oh, it's a uh, small update. Um, looks like Good Bull is going to be opening up here again soon. All right, Good Bull Barbecue. And for all of y'all on Southgate, Subway closed down permanently, so I'm going to be your only option. So it will be barbecue out of necessity. All right, guys. Yeah, so go get you some food <laughs> yeah, while, we're gonna do while like, you're trying to get your Aggie Land Outfitters gear, you know? <laughs> right, yeah, we're going to do uh, kind of an express style, just sandwiches, tacos, sides. Um, we're not going to screw with slice and brisket or anything. Just, you know, you got to start bare bones right now with this economy and see what works. But I think we can make it work. There's plenty of students in Southgate and um, plenty of people that like a good deal on a sandwich and some sides. So... Well, guys, we love you. We miss you. Be safe out there. Take care of yourselves. Take care of your friends. And we're back on the schedule, so we'll be recording 
uh, every Monday night, barring an injury or injury. Yeah, I twisted my ankle. Uh, barring an emergency or anything, we'll yeah. be we'll be bored on Monday night. So if you have anything you'd like us to address, you know, get it in before like Sunday afternoon, uh, and we'll I'll talk about anything, man. I'll tell you exactly what I think about stuff. Yeah, guys, we really appreciate I'm too you guys. old to give a shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, guys, we love y'all. We take care of it. Yeah, we absolutely keep rocking and rolling, guys. This is the Red Ass Podcast. Take care. Thanks Wear your damn mask, Gig'em. Please, Gig'em.